There's something special about new clothing, isn't there? I mean, think about it. Wherever it comes from, it signals a change, like the white cotton of a baptismal gown or the pale blue silk tie on a wedding day. A sports jersey, a military uniform, a hospital gown, a burial garment. New clothes often mean that something big has changed and it's usually more than just our exterior when we put them on. In the text we just read, Paul turns to this idea of clothing to explain how the Christian community should act as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion and kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. What I love about this metaphor is the ability to become something new. Put it on. Try on something different. Earlier in this chapter, Paul tells the Christ followers in Colossae to strip off the old self. Take off your practices of malice and slander and wrath. Remove cruelty and insults from your life. Get rid of nastiness and smear campaigns and rage. Strip off the old self. This is a powerful idea, isn't it? I mean, we can, we, you and I, have the ability to behave differently as individuals and as a society. We can take those things off and put them out of our lives. Yes, take off your anger that is choking at your neck like a collar that is buttoned up too tightly. And instead, put on that soft, handmade, well-fitting sweater of love. Today, today we are reflecting on the movie, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, which so clearly shows how Mr. Rogers, that gentle, lovable children's television host, models wearing the clothes of compassion and humility and kindness. With sincerity and warmth, he so easily invites us into the Christian story of bearing with one another and forgiving each other. Before we get to the movie, let's center in on the man for just a moment. Fred Rogers is an iconic figure to many of us. If you were a child or raised a child, anytime between oh, 1968 and 2001, you likely watched a few episodes of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Fred Rogers was a children's television presenter, but he was also an ordained Presbyterian minister. And despite never mentioning God in his programming, his belief in God's unending, compassionate love for all of God's children, well... It frankly saturated each episode. This vibrant sense of God's love for each person influenced Mr. Rogers' stance on very many issues, especially issues of justice. I learned that during the first week on the air, he talked about the Vietnam War in the land of make-believe. Yes, King Friday the 13th had built a wall to keep the enemy out, and his subjects breached the wall with messages of kindness and compassion reminding his audience that it is far better to connect than to dehumanize. Wow. At the height of desegregation, he shared a cooling foot bath in a kiddie pool with Officer Clemens, one of the first black characters to be featured regularly on a children's television program. Yes, Mr. Rogers changed the world and the lives of children everywhere by talking about sensitive topics that many of us avoid. So let's get to our movie, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. I hope you've seen it because, spoiler alert, I will spill the beans about the ending if you haven't. 
but I hope you will forgive me. The movie was inspired by the story of a writer who interviewed Mr. Rogers for Esquire magazine in the late 1990s. In the movie, he's called Lloyd Vogel. Now, Lloyd was a jaded, cynical writer. He was known for his hard-hitting articles critical of people, and he also had a difficult family history with a lot of unresolved pain and anger. In the movie, some of that anger spills out when Lloyd gets into a fist fight with his father at his sister's wedding. But as the movie unfolds, it quickly becomes apparent that when Lloyd is interviewing Mr. Fred Rogers, Mr. Rogers wasn't putting on an act. He was truly interested in Lloyd, and Mr. Rogers sensed that Lloyd had a pain-filled story to tell. In the opening few minutes of the movie, we come into the neighborhood of make-believe hearing Mr. Rogers singing, It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Won't you be my neighbor? Hello, neighbor. It's so good to see you again today, just like he does every time, right? And then he says, I have something special that I brought in to show you. It's called a picture board. And on this picture board, there are little doors. And as he opens each one, you see some of Mr. Rogers' friends, like Lady Aberlin or King Friday the 13th or Mr. McFeely. And then he says, I'd like you to meet a new friend of mine. His name is Lloyd Vogel. And you notice in the picture that Lloyd has a big old fat bloody lip. Remember, I told you he got into a fist fight with his father. So Mr. Rogers continues, someone has hurt my friend and not just on his face. He's having a hard time forgiving the person who hurt him. Do you know what it means to forgive? It is a decision that we make to release a person from the feelings of anger that we have at them. It's strange, but sometimes it's hardest of all to forgive someone that we love. So right off at the starting of the movie, the values of Colossians 3 are lifted up. Forgiveness becomes the guiding force in the movie. And what I love about this movie is that it kind of shows some of the steps toward forgiveness. And it shows how forgiveness is a process, a process that usually does not happen all at once. So Lloyd goes to interview Mr. Rogers. He is skeptical. But at that very first meeting, Mr. Rogers kind of slowed things down, posing questions to Lloyd, being interested in him. And what was supposed to be a 20-minute interview stretched out much longer. Before Lloyd even realized it, a friendship was born. Fred wasn't pushy about it. He just invited. Early on, while Lloyd was watching the filming of an episode on the TV set, there was a scene with Mr. Rogers interacting with this young boy who had this plastic sword he was waving around. The boy had some medical issues. He was connected to an oxygen machine, perhaps frustrated that he had to have that oxygen tank nearby all the time. The whole time, this kid is waving that sword around and sometimes even hitting his parents. Mr. Rogers comes close to him He kneels down to the boy's level and he simply says, that sword must be heavy and sharp. You have to be strong to handle that sword. I know you were strong 
on the inside too. This was a child who was probably used to hearing adults saying, no, don't do that, stop it, stop. Mr. Rogers was focusing on him as someone who did have something to offer the world, somebody worth knowing, someone greatly valued. And the little boy felt that genuine compassion and kindness being shown to him. He realized Mr. Rogers saw him and understood him and wanted him as a neighbor. And with that, the little boy stopped and he laid down his sword and he let Mr. Rogers hold him, hug him. It was a powerful scene early in the movie and it began to influence Lloyd's opinion of Mr. Rogers. And it was a foreshadowing, I think, of Lloyd being able to lay down some of what he was carrying as well. So what are those painful feelings of hurt and anger that Lloyd is carrying around as he is getting to know Mr. Rogers? Lloyd was a talented journalist who had a lovely wife and a newborn baby boy named Gavin. But Lloyd was carrying around tremendous anger at his father, Jerry. He had this anger because when Lloyd was young, his mother was sick and dying, and his father deserted the family, leaving Lloyd and his sister terrified and alone to deal with this loss on their own. What their dad, Jerry, did was wrong. It was sinful, really. He abandoned his family when they needed him the most. But now, years later, Jerry has changed. He acknowledges that he messed things up royally and he wants very badly to make amends. And several times in the movie, Jerry tries to fix things with Lloyd, who will have nothing of it. As the movie progresses, we learn that Jerry himself is sick and dying. He feels very remorseful. He is deeply sorry for the pain that he caused his children. And he regrets wounding his wife when he abandoned her. What Lloyd's dad did was wrong. And it is certainly okay to be angry at him. But Lloyd is being controlled and consumed by this corrosive anger that he feels towards his dad. Continuing to carry that unforgiveness towards his father doesn't really hurt or punish his dad, but it does hurt and punish Lloyd. During the movie, Mr. Rogers looks directly into the camera and asks the audience if we can relate to Lloyd. He asks if we have ever felt so angry that we wanted to hurt someone or ourselves. And we learn that Mr. Rogers has felt that way he tells of a time when he was a kid and was being bullied for being chubby. He admitted that he felt both sadness and anger. And then he tells us, there's always something to do with the mad that you feel. We learn, later learn the things that Mr. Rogers does to deal with his anger, things he does when he's upset. He reads the Bible, reads passages of scripture, he swims laps in a pool every day. He prays for people by name. And sometimes he pounds the lower register on the piano. So what helps you deal with your pain when you're angry? 
I do some of those things, Mr. Rogers does, but I usually turn to exercise, I go for a walk, or I play music, that helps me, or I spend time in prayer. But Lloyd, Lloyd didn't know what to do with the mad he was feeling. That anger was controlling him. It was corroding his relationships as well. It's causing strife with his wife. He's not being the kind of dad he wants to be for his newborn son. And frankly, well, frankly, it is damaging his professional reputation as well. The very reason Lloyd is interviewing Mr. Rogers for this magazine in the first place is because no one else agreed to be interviewed by Lloyd Vogel. Yes, his negative, cynical nature is hurting him in so many ways. And it's in the midst of all this going on in his personal life that Lloyd meets Mr. Rogers. From my perspective, it seems like the Spirit of God was working and moving in Lloyd's life, moving through this new friendship, realizing that the relationship between Lloyd and his father was very troubled. At one point, Mr. Rogers simply says, I've been thinking a lot about you and your father. That simple sentence, showing interest and empathy, made a wall of distrust come down. Yes, because Mr. Rogers was wearing those clothes of compassion, humility, patience, Lloyd recognized that something very special was happening between them, and he was being welcomed into a friendship. Mr. Rogers wanted him for a neighbor, a friend and that friendship would change his life. When there was a crisis in Lloyd's family, when Jerry, Lloyd's dad, was trying to make amends, he collapsed and had to be rushed to the hospital. And being back in the hospital was terrifying for Lloyd. It made him relive his mother's death. And in that moment of crisis, he fled. He left his wife. He fled and he went to Mr. Rogers. And Lloyd says to him, you really do love people like me, people that are broken. By now, Mr. Rogers was well aware of Lloyd's brokenness, and he gives Lloyd a rather unexpected answer. I don't think you are broken, meaning I don't see you as damaged goods. That is not what I am focused on. I see your strength. I think you are a man of conviction who knows right and wrong. Mr. Rogers is pouring these positive thoughts into Lloyd. And then he reminds Lloyd that his father also helped shape those good parts too. Helped him become the man who he is now. And for the first time, there's peace and there's clarity, and there is a softening of his heart, a turning toward reconciliation for Lloyd. After which Lloyd returns home and apologizes to his wife, Andrea, for not being the husband and father he needed to be. And for the first time, admitting his feelings of fear and acknowledging his anger is out of control. And he finally says, I need to go see my father because he is dying. So from his hospice bed, Jerry, Lloyd's dad, again admits he was selfish and cruel and he asks for forgiveness. And eventually Lloyd forgives his father. He lays down his sword. He lays down his resentment. He takes off that tight-necked shirt of anger and he puts on that soft, handmade, well-fitting sweater of love and compassion.
there is forgiveness offered and received. A family, an extended family now, has received healing. Oh, friends, I think there are so many things to learn or be reminded of in this movie. It is better to connect than dehumanize. We don't need to be pushy, but rather curious about another, asking questions before assuming things. Showing empathy goes a long way in helping another lay down their own defenses. Feelings. Feelings, they are not good or bad, but they do need to be acknowledged and dealt with. And with feelings of anger, we are reminded that there is always something to do with the mad that you feel. Most of all, I think this movie shows that forgiveness, forgiveness is possible, but it's a process. It's a complicated process that usually does not happen all at once. So how about you? Are you wearing that tight-fitting shirt of anger and disappointment? Is it time to take it off and clothe yourself in the ways the Apostle Paul suggests? Today, friends, we are being invited to let Jesus work through us as he worked through Mr. Rogers and put on those clothes of compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another. Forgive each other. And above all, clothe ourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Will you pray with me? Sometimes, God, we get so hurt by another person that we don't know how to respond to those feelings or let them go. Old wounds can fester and make life miserable for us and those around us. Help us to stop rehearsing the offenses. Help us to strip off malice and slander and wrath. Show us how to practice your ways of love and forgiveness. We thank you that you love us and you call us beloved. And now we ask that you would clothe us with compassion toward others. May it radiate from our actions and all of our deeds. We pray in your name. Amen.